Listen to my voice. <laughs> my whole household has had like this upper respiratory grunt, gunk, grunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Words are hard. Gunk like this whole past week and it's like leading into this week and I'm over it. I feel like everybody I know has that. It needs to go away. It's not fun. I keep expecting to get it at any point. Listen, I don't think you're going to get anything ever. You always like get the slightest bit of something. It's like just an inkling of it and then it goes away. And it's Remember when COVID. we went to Disney World and I got sick and I was sick oh, for like three months? so sick. I bet it was Universal. It wasn't Disney that gave you the germs. <laughs> I bet you're right. It's so right. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey. This is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And Yeah, this is us. <laughs> and what's your name? Oh, uh, I'm Kara. I'm Megan. I thought we said, did we say that at the beginning? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay, here we are, guys. Listen, Here we were we just giggling are. about how every single time we record remotely, we have to like relearn how to do it all over again. And there's no, no idea. reason. It's not complicated, no. but we just can't seem to do it. We have no idea why we can't get it together. It's why we're so delightful. But it's entertaining. Yeah, we're already at the age where our kids are so annoyed about how we're not good at technology. And like, we are good at technology is the thing. Like, I've, all, I've never felt stupid about technology. No, same. But remember last week when Sophie was like, Mama mom oh my god oh this is so embarrassing <laughs> the other day she told me i was just like joking around with her i was like bragging about the podcast and like what our numbers were and she was like i really don't think that's a lot of people <laughs> i was like shut your mouth so okay <laughs> okay um let's see i had a couple things on my list that i wanted to tell you guys about First up, I don't think we ever talked about Spotify subscriptions on the actual podcast. We put it in the Facebook group and we talked about it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You all may have noticed if you listen on Spotify, you see like a little lock next to some episodes. What that is, Patreon has always been, Spotify wouldn't allow you to add the Patreon RSS link. If you're a Spotify user and then you subscribe to the Patreon, it was like annoying. You had to download another player to listen to your extra episodes. Yeah, you had to have all the apps on your phone. And I always felt bad about that. Now you can just be a Spotify subscriber and you get the extra episodes and the ad-free episodes. Yep. You don't get all the other stuff that's on Patreon, like the blog posts and the phone wallpapers and things like that, but you do get the extra episodes and the ads. So if that's really all you're in it for and you're a Spotify user already, it might be easier for you to go over there. Right. It makes zero difference to us. It no. doesn't oh, yeah. help or hurt us in any way if you use one or the other or neither. So yeah. please don't feel yeah, yeah. obligated to do any of it. But if you notice those, that's why. And also, you know, each episode is like listed twice because one is with ads and one is without because subscribers listen without ads. Right. I don't love the way it's set up. Everybody got really confused when they started seeing two of every episode. So many episodes were popping up and people were like, why can I see this one? But I can't access it. I know. And, because and people were like, Patreon. now they're charging for all of it. I'm like, no, we're not. No, we're not charging. I promise. I know people got wild. You can still listen for free. So I just wanted to clarify, I guess, and let people who may not know about that, let you know that you can now subscribe through Spotify. Because yeah, I think uh, two thirds of our listeners are through Spotify, right? Right. And then the other thing I was going to tell you guys is that we just dropped some new merch in the shop, some cute little spring Valentine's Day stuff. And I'm sure there'll be more to come. We kind of just add stuff as we get little ideas or see things we like, because that's something that Kara and I both like to do. So It's a lot of fun. Okay. So Uh, that's all for the business. P.S. Shout out. I was at Target. Did I tell you this? I don't think so. 
Oh my gosh, I was at Target the other day doing a pickup, but I had to run inside to get it. And this woman was at the register and she was just like chit-chatting. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like let's, whatever you want to chat about. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes like they don't want to talk to you and I'm just like, okay, let's check out. Yeah. Let's just stare at, <laughs> stare at my cart here. And so she was like, you like tri- true crime? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you like true crime podcast? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you like to host a true crime podcast? And I was like, huh? She was what? like, you're Carol from Witch's Magic oh. Murder Mystery. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Like, you get to a point where you're like, why are you asking me such specific yeah, questions? Like, this is very, very detailed. But yeah, she oh, that's funny. It was so cool. Yeah, that's so nice. I like it when people say hi. Yes. That was my Aaron Mankey moment. I like it when people say hi. I like it when people say hi. <laughs> okay, I have an episode today. Mm-hmm. It's one of my... You know, the missing persons episodes that I get all yep. obsessive about. You get into those I so sure do. much. And I appreciate you doing that because I just feel like I fall in rabbit holes of my dad. What is that nighttime show people call into? Oh, Coast to Coast? Called? Yes. Yeah. He listens to that nonstop. So he is so like into the 411 missing people. And I'm always like, I can't anymore, dad. Yeah, I've never actually gotten into it. I feel like if I ever started listening to Coast to Coast, I would probably love it because I love the and weird you'd never conspiracy sleep. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the people that call into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. We're going to bring the tone way down. Oh, gosh, guys. Sorry. In June of 2020, most of the headlines, obviously, were about COVID. Around here, I first started hearing about it toward the end of January. And I remember saying to my husband, like, hey, so I don't want to be a crazy person or whatever, but maybe we should just pick up some extra food Uh here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just put it in the freezer, whatever. I don't know exactly what I thought would happen, but I was reading headlines from like across the world. And I thought if I just did a little something here and there to prepare, I would feel better. This is more like an anxiety thing for me. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. And then if nothing ended up happening, it's like, well, we just have extra food. That's not a problem. You know, we'll eat it. Yeah. And toilet paper. Yeah. We totally bought an emergency package of toilet paper and it's still in the basement. Oh, I think we did too. And it was like the lavender scented. Oh, I hate Because that was like paper. all you could get. Oh, oh it gives me God, headaches. So bad. Yes. Same. It's so you walk strong. Into the bathroom, yeah. Because like, bathrooms oof. are tiny and then that takes up all the, yes. all the space. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. School started the home based instruction in March. And by June, we were all firmly living the COVID life. Mm-hmm. And I think in June, do you remember there was a point when we were all like week to week thinking this might end soon? Yeah. Like, you think we're going to this another week? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, this week we're home, but I think next week we'll probably go hang out with all our friends again. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like March is when COVID hit the fan in Florida, too. Mm-hmm. That's when the first cases of COVID were reported in Florida and the first deaths. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis declared a shutdown starting April 1st. I'm bringing all this up because I think... Right now, today, it's hard to remember just how much we were all so obsessed with COVID in 2020. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. now we're all over it. Like, now it we're all just like. life-consuming. Yeah. And we know it, but I'm just trying to get everybody to think about your day-to-day life back then. And what became the norm. Yeah. Our governor, remember how he did a press conference every single day at oh 5 o'clock? Oh, my gosh. And I lived for the lady that did sign language. Yeah. I know. Gosh, she was like a superstar at the sign she language She really lady. was. People made memes out of her. She was amazing. Yeah. And all these memes about Andy, too, our governor. Oh, yeah. Because he just gave us a daily update on, like, 
how many new cases there were in Kentucky, how many deaths, and whether it seemed like life would be returning to normal. So to say that 2020 headlines were dominated by COVID would be an understatement. Oh, yeah, for sure. So back then, regardless of what you thought of it, COVID was just like all anyone talked about. So when a woman disappeared from Cape Coral, Florida in June of 2020, it's no wonder that it just didn't really become a national news obsession the way it might have at a different point in time. Yeah, because media was so focused on COVID. The last time 29-year-old Lauren DeMolo's boyfriend saw her, she was asleep. DeMolo? Yeah, okay. That sounds... Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say it. Okay. No, we're really good at last names. Mm-hmm. And all other words, too. Mm-hmm. On June 19th, 2020, Gabriel Pena was leaving for work when he kissed her goodbye and let her sleep in. Lauren didn't have a job to go to. She had just recently lost her job. Still, she did have a typical morning routine. She usually got up and walked to the nearby Four Freedoms Park around 8 o'clock in the morning to meditate. Mm-hmm. And then she would go back home to start her day. The day before this, on June 18th, she'd actually been out job hunting and she filled out at least two employment applications that we know of. According to witness statements, it appears that Lauren followed her typical routine on Mm -hmm. June 19th, too. A maintenance worker claimed to have seen her walking home from the direction of the park at around 830 in the morning. Okay. So if that's accurate, we can assume that she went there to meditate as usual. Right. Still, when Gabriel returned home from work that night at 10 p.m., P.S., what sort of insanely long hours did he, he work? Like, yeah, what's he doing? What's he left the house. What's he working? What's that <laughs> morning before 8 a.m. because she was still asleep. Cause she, mm-hmm. So we know it was before 8 a.m. and he did not get home till 10 o'clock. When he gets home that night, Lauren's gone. Huh. So he gave it an hour and then Gabriel called Paul, Lauren's dad. I don't know the details of the conversation, but I assume it was something like, hey, have you seen Lauren? She's not here and it's weird. And of course, her dad's worried. He's like, yeah, where is my daughter? Exactly. I think he and Lauren were especially close. Lauren had actually been born in New York in 1990, and she stayed there and was raised by her dad. She had only moved to Florida four years earlier in 2016 to be closer to her estranged mother and to try and build a relationship with her. So when Gabriel's calling Paul, her dad, Mm -hmm. You know, her dad's not even nearby. Like, he's not, he can't come do anything. Right. So Paul is obviously concerned, and Gabriel's like, don't you worry about it. I'm going to fill out a missing persons report right now. Yeah. But he didn't. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. And I hate to be all cliche and immediately suspect the boyfriend, but. You always do. Also, it's a cliche for a reason. I mean, there's a reason. Yeah. (laughs) So why would he not report her missing right away? Exactly. Were y'all having trouble? And it's not like he just waited till the next morning or anything. Um, Paul DeMulo contacted the police department two days later on June 21st after not hearing from Lauren on Father's Day. And he learned that still no missing persons report had been filed. What? So two days later. It was filed later that day, though. And Gabriel admitted that he was filing the report because Lauren's dad was forcing the issue. I have a lot of questions about communication between Paul and Gabriel, between when Gabriel called Paul on the night of June 19th Uh and then on June 21st. Like, I just think there had to have been more conversation between the two of them. I just don't have the record of that. I couldn't find any mention of it. But I can't imagine that Gabriel calls Paul and he's like, okay, I'm going to file a missing persons report. And then they don't talk again the next day. I would think Paul would be like constantly Have you heard anything? Like, what's going on? Have you seen her? Right. 
But something led to Paul contacting the police department himself. Hmm. And that's when he learned there's been no missing persons report. That's wild. So it gets worse. So the missing persons report is not filed until June 21st. She's been missing since June 19th. Then there's some sort of clerical error on that missing persons report. Oh, no. It was filed on a Sunday, but nothing was done about it until Wednesday. What? So five days later. Yes. And the reason this happened is because they had to wait till Wednesday when the officer who took the report was back into work because she was the only person who could fix the clerical error. What? Is that this weird, like, what are you talking about? Somebody go look for her in the meantime. You would think. And police didn't actually start investigating Lauren's disappearance until five days after she was last heard from. That's crazy. So when police began their investigation, they learned that someone had found Lauren's purse and shoes under a tree at Four Freedoms Park on the day that she went missing. Remember, that's where she went to meditate every day. But also remember, there's a maintenance worker who says he saw her coming home from the park. Hmm. So why would her purse and shoes still be at the park? Right, exactly. Here's the other thing police learned as they started looking into Lauren and her life. Things had been pretty rough for her for the last month. Lauren had actually had an abortion in May of 2020. Hmm. And... We don't know the circumstances surrounding that, but we do know that that's when she began to struggle with her mental health. Oh, gosh. In Lauren's case, doctors thought hormonal fluctuations were causing bouts of psychosis. Mm. She had been involuntarily admitted to a psychiatric facility two times in June, and she disappeared June 19th. So we're talking about a couple of weeks in June already. She's been involuntarily admitted twice. Okay. Before one of those times, she had been found swimming in the water near Four Freedoms Park. And when her dad asked her what she was doing, she told him, I was being followed. I was being chased. What? And who knows if that's real or not. Right. So I told you that Lauren had recently lost her job. And apparently the reason she'd lost it is due to missing work while she was in the psychiatric facility. Oh. She had just been released from the second hold on June 18th, the day before she disappeared. Oh, gosh. She had spent that day looking for jobs, like I said earlier, and we know she submitted applications at a sandwich shop and a gas station. So she was released and immediately went to looking for a job. Yeah. So also on June 18th, a maintenance worker, different from the one who said he saw her on June 19th, okay? This is a different maintenance worker. Okay. Spoke with her on June 18th, which is the day before she went missing. And she asked him if he knew of any cheaper apartments in the area. According to this guy, Lauren said she was asking because she wanted to, quote, get out of the situation she was in. Huh. Her family thought this was weird because Lauren had just paid her rent in full for the right. next month. Right. I don't actually think it's that weird because maybe being unemployed and applying for jobs just made her think about how she needed to try to live on less money. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And saying get out of this situation, like situation could mean anything. It could mean financial situation. Yeah. It might have something to do with her relationship with Gabriel. Yeah. Or maybe it's just like she didn't like her landlord, you know? She's just like, I got to get out of this situation. Or Florida. Right. Yeah. I need to leave Florida. (laughs) Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all Mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, Uh T-Y-M-O. 
M O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so handy. Right. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately Mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. So something else to think about, the involuntary psychiatric hold thing. Let's talk about that real quick. She had the abortion in May. That's when it stated the mental health issues began. She disappeared on June 19th. Okay. And I've already told you she was placed on the involuntary psychiatric hold twice, Uh both in June. Yep. In Florida, this is called the Baker Act. It's named after former Florida Representative Maxine Baker, and it allows mental health professionals to evaluate and de-escalate a mental health crisis. In order to temporarily commit someone to a mental hospital, that person has to meet the following criteria. They must be mentally ill or believed to be mentally ill. They must refuse a voluntary mental health evaluation or doesn't understand one why one would be necessary. Hmm. And third, 
They must be a threat to themselves or others, or the person is incapable of caring for themselves. Okay. So it's kind of like our mental health warrant in Kentucky. Yes. Behaviors that indicate a mental health crisis include auditory and or visual hallucinations, suicidal thoughts, not taking care of basic needs like eating, sleeping, cleanliness, right. depression, hopelessness, and substance abuse. So when a person is Baker acted, they can be put in an involuntary psychiatric hold for up to 72 hours. Oh. There's a lot of criteria that has to be met there, and like she has to be in crisis. And for Lauren, that scenario happened two times within the first 19 days of June. Right. So if she was released from psychiatric hold on June 18th, she had been in there. Then that's the third day or whatever. Right. The incident where she was swimming near the park, the same park where her shoes and purse were later found after she went missing and she'd said someone was chasing her there. That must have happened like no more than three days before she disappeared. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. It's just something to think about. You know, right. when you realize how short the timeline is here, I don't know. Yeah. Her family is convinced that Lauren didn't disappear on purpose. For one, she was job hunting the day before she vanished, and she'd applied for these what? jobs, which she shows was she was planning for the future. The day she got out of the hospital, right? And so she's clearly planning to be in this same yeah. area for the future. Yeah, she's, she's trying applying to be for these productive. jobs. Yeah. Another thing I haven't mentioned is that Lauren is a mom. She has oh. a five-year-old daughter, and at the time of her disappearance, she is working hard to regain custody of her. Mm. Lauren had lost custody of her daughter years earlier due to a substance abuse issue. But at the time she disappeared, she'd been sober for two years. Oh, wow. And then if you add the thing where she'd supposedly asked that maintenance worker about cheaper apartments, it just doesn't sound like Lauren was getting ready to abandon her life in Cape Coral. She was trying to get it organized. Yeah. So if she didn't disappear on purpose, then Mm. are we talking about foul play? Right. I'd like to start this next section by making it clear, very clear to everyone, that police have cleared Gabriel Pina as a suspect in Lauren DeMolo's disappearance. Anything I have to tell you about this is based on information that is publicly available as of January 30th, 2022, when we are recording this episode. And of course, I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) Allegedly. But what do I know? Allegedly. Our opinions are just opinions, and what we say Mm -hmm. don't come at us. Exactly. So we already know that I don't like that he waited to report Lauren missing, even though he had assured her dad that he would file a missing persons report right away. And even if you're like, well, I'm going to give it overnight because maybe she's going to come home. Like, you tell her dad that, and in your head, you're like, I'll just wait till morning. And you still don't do it the next morning? Just out of curiosity, did he have substance abuse issues too or no i don't know i didn't see any talk of that okay gabriel says that the reason he didn't report her missing is because she had left for days in the past without contacting anyone Mm. and if that's true okay i kind of get it like but why would you alarm her dad that's it if she's left for several days and not and you know not contacted anyone then why did you right not even wait a day to contact her dad Right. Why would it be such an issue this time if you knew she was just going to come back eventually? Right. But like I've mentioned several times, I think even in the very last episode, I do have that family member who has a serious drug problem. True. I've been worrying about her for like 25 years. So I've become pretty numb to it. 
mm-hmm. or at least a little more accepting of the things that are completely out of my control. So I do understand how a person you care about could disappear and you might not immediately call the police because right. you know the context and yeah. you're just like, well, they're off again. Yeah. But Lauren has been sober for two years. I just don't understand why he would tell her dad that he would file a report and then not do it. Yeah. Like, if you weren't going to take it seriously, you shouldn't have involved her dad at all. Right. Or you could have said, I'm not going to file a report because of her past behavior, but you can if you want. And her dad would have done it immediately. Yeah, I'm sure. There's also the possibility that the statement that Lauren had left for days in the past without contacting anyone is not true. It's just a possibility. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Maybe that happened. It could have or it could not have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which would, of course, open up a lot of other questions. Yep. Regardless, let's throw the missing persons report thing out and look at other reasons Yeah. why there have been a few people who have been suspicious of Gabriel. Who have questions. Who, by the way, again, has been cleared <laughs> by the police. Okay. By the police. <laughs> According to Lauren's sister, Cassie, she was at Lauren's apartment after she disappeared. And while she was there, Gabriel showed up to take her television to take Lauren's television because she, quote, obviously wasn't coming back. What? Did you need that TV real bad, sir? What? I mean, at best, it's tasteless. <laughs> I, huh? Cassie asked Gabriel. She was like, do you know where Lauren's cell phone is? It's not in her purse. You know, when they found her purse there at the park, the phone wasn't in there. And Cassie had been looking around the apartment for it and couldn't find it. Gabriel goes inside. And brought it out to her a few minutes later, fully charged. I'm sorry. Which is... That's... I think it's weird, number one, that the phone wasn't in Lauren's purse. Yeah. If she left the apartment with her purse to go to the park, why does she leave her phone behind? Nobody leaves their phone behind ever. In 2020. Yeah. Right. Her dad has a problem with that, too. He's like, nobody leaves the house without their phone. And Cassie was like, Lauren doesn't leave the house without her phone. And she also said, Lauren doesn't not contact us. Mm -hmm. The last activity on the cell phone was a Facebook video call to Gabriel at 1030 in the morning on the day Lauren disappeared. But it went unanswered. Gabriel said he never received the notification. Hmm. I don't know what to make of that. I wonder why it's a Facebook video call. Yeah. Can you do video calls through an Android? You have an Android. Can you do that? So I can only do it to other Androids. If I want to do it to um, like an iPhone, I either have to Zoom or I can do Facebook. I've done that with uh, my niece Mabel a couple of times. I mean, maybe she has an Android. Why does anyone have an Android, really? Can we do a mystery episode on that? (laughs) Listen, I have had this phone forever and it's good, okay? Actually, it's not. It's falling apart, but I just (laughs) refuse to spend money to get a new phone. (laughs) I constantly give Kara a hard time for having an Android. (laughs) I'm going to start a GoFundMe to get a new phone. (laughs) Yeah, the main reason Kara still has an Android is because she is so stubborn. That is it. That is all it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is. No, I don't don't need a new phone. I'm great. Everything's fine. (laughs) I definitely don't even like iPhones. I think Apple's not going to even be a big deal. <laughs> They're probably not going to last. Apple it's a fad. It's useless. <laughs> Take that. Uh, okay. Aside from the video call, the last interaction on her phone where she actually spoke with someone was on June 18th at 6.30 p.m. when she spoke to her sister Cassie on the phone. 
On July 2nd, 2020, two weeks after Lauren vanished, a burgundy shirt that she wore often suddenly showed up on the beach at Four Freedoms Park. Huh. Now, that area had already been searched several times. Yeah. So Lauren's family thought it was strange and wondered if someone had planted the shirt there. Right. A dive team found no remains in the water at Four Freedoms Park. Police had cadaver dogs search Four Freedoms Park. And when they did, they actually left the park and ran across the street to a van parked in Lauren's mother's driveway. A van that Gabriel frequently used for work. Mm. Huh. That is just information that is publicly available. And I'm just That's repeating found it. found on the interweb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One more thing. According to the Crime Junkie podcast, just before she disappeared, Lauren had told her dad that Gabriel had beaten her. Again, police have cleared Gabriel Pina as a suspect in Lauren's disappearance. Okay. In an interview with WINK News, which is Wink News, (laughs) which is, I enjoy that so much. I wish all news stations had Okay, I really hope that at the end of every... Thing that they do, they like, they're like, wink, little wink, have a good day, wink. <laughs> In an interview with Wink News three weeks after Lauren disappeared, Gabriel theorized that Lauren had gone out with friends, gotten messed up on drugs, and something oh happened to God. her after that. Are you kidding me? So that was three weeks after she disappeared. But in an NBC article from January 2021, so not quite a year, but several months. Right. Since she disappeared, Gabriel stated that Lauren wasn't using drugs and wouldn't harm herself. Hmm. He had a different theory in that article. Oh, he does now? Maybe she was looking for an apartment to get out of where we were at, he said. So I was thinking she was looking for an apartment around, and I don't know, maybe someone took advantage of that, and that was it, and never came back. That's my theory. Oh, okay. Now that there's just details about these people saying that she was looking around, you don't want to seem suspicious because she was trying to move away from you? I don't think it's weird that he has multiple theories, but I do think it's weird that one time he's like, yeah, I think she got messed up on drugs. And then another time he's like, she didn't do drugs. You know? Yeah, she didn't do drugs. She's trying to she's trying to help us both out. Kick rocks. Here's another <laughs> thing I want to say. Allegedly. I haven't read anything that makes me super suspicious of Gabriel Pena. There's nothing that's like, wow, he did it. Right. It's just some of it. You're just like, are you serious? Right. And it's like a lot of his actions could be easily explained and purely innocent. It's just one of those things where this thing could mean something and it could also mean nothing, you know? So it's really, it's not a fun position for him to be in. And I do understand why her family has seemed suspicious of him. Yeah. And it's kind of like the Gabby Petito thing. Exactly. Domestic violence, it's cleared anyways. For what it's worth, Gabriel Pina says that he has taken a polygraph test and passed it. The police have not officially released the results of his polygraph, as far as I can tell. And the science around polygraphs is generally useless anyway, so do with that what you will. Right. Don't take one. Here's a description of Lauren released by the police at the time she disappeared. Lauren is 29 years old. Five feet tall and 110 pounds with light brown hair, dyed blonde with brown roots and brown eyes. When she was last seen on June 19th, she was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. She has several tattoos, uh, including namaste on her right side, a symbol on her wrist, a NY symbol on her pelvis and rosary beads on her ankle. 
And here's a quote from an incredibly useful article on NBC2.com written by Vanessa Bean. Mm -hmm. While her family admits Lauren wasn't perfect, as nobody is perfect, they wonder if her free spirit, loving, and accepting namaste personality got her into trouble. Oh. She always saw the best in people, her father said. She would always see the best in people. She never judged anyone, and maybe she should have. Her sister Cassie said this about Lauren during a vigil at Four Freedoms Park in June of 2022. This is where she would find herself and ground herself. I know it's stormy, but it's what gives us the wonderful sunsets and sunrises, which is why she chose this place. She was one with nature. Lauren believed in the power of love and light. For a long time, I didn't understand it, and I laughed at it. Over the last two years, I do believe in all of it. Oh. I know. So, I mean, that's all we've got. Like, I, whenever I research these, I always at the bottom, I put questions that pop into my head as I'm reading, right. you know? Yeah. And one of them is like, did the maintenance worker really see her that morning yeah. at 830? Yeah. And if not, was it a purposeful lie or just a mistake? Exactly. You know? And... Did she really ask a maintenance worker about cheaper apartments? And if not, again, is this a lie or a mistake? What if it was a different person? Like, what if they just talked to a different person and thought well, it was and also, her? does the maintenance, I don't know, maybe this is how this Florida apartment complex is ran, but how often does a maintenance worker know the prices of the housing? I don't know. Was it normal for Gabriel to leave for work at like 6 a.m. and not return until 10 p.m.? Hmm. And... We don't really know who made that Facebook video call. Oh, yeah, that's true. It wasn't answered. Yeah. There could be like a whole unknown third party who broke in, grabbed her phone. Maybe they, I mean, why would they try to call Gabriel? I have no idea. Right. Unless she Maybe had it like, was her. Maybe that's when she was being attacked. Yeah. It was either that or they went through her phone and like, like if I'm trying to FaceTime Mabel and I don't have my iPhone, I'll just get on Facebook and go to like my last message to Brianne and click on mm-hmm. the little video. So I don't know, maybe they walked in on her Facebook on her app mm-hmm. or whatever and just found the last message and she'd like send him something on there. Yeah, maybe that was just the quickest. That is so weird. I have no idea. It's all very strange. But that's it. And when you Look her up right now. There's really no new information. They just talk Mm. about the vigils that have been held for her, but there's nothing new investigation. But the fact that he, I mean, yeah, if he thought maybe something, she was on something again or relapsed or whatever, he probably was mad at her and didn't want to report it. But the fact that he contacted her dad because he was alarmed enough to contact dad, I guess. Uh And and like, I think her dad still lives in New York. Yeah. Mm. So like, why is that the person you're calling? Right. I don't know. Maybe he just thought she would have told her dad if she was leaving. Maybe there's some reason that we don't know about that he thought, oh, maybe she left me. Right. Like maybe there's some something that happened that we're we don't know every piece of the puzzle. We clearly don't know every piece of the puzzle, right, or else exactly. we wouldn't know what happened. Yeah. But you know, there it's one of those situations again where it's like there's gotta be something that we absolutely don't know. Right. Like a third party, an ex girlfriend of Gabriel's, an ex boyfriend of Lauren's. Right. Someone from her past, like substance abuse life like who knows homeless person at the park or did she have another mental health crisis an alligator that wanted a maroon shirt exactly yep (laughs) the maroon shirt thing is weird just because it's weird that it wasn't there the first several times they searched oh that's strange that is so weird to me 
But yeah, so that's it. Lauren DeMolo. Man. Been missing since June of 2020. Jeez. And I had never heard of her. Yeah. Which is weird because it's not that long ago. Yep. So that's our story this week. Okay. Well, we'll get her picture up and hotline info. and Yeah. We'll have information in the show notes for what to do if you have any information. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.